we are committed to creating a safe and supportive space for our guests and listeners, and to provide information and tools that will help our listeners understand, manage, and overcome trauma. We understand that the healing journey can bring up challenging emotions. Therefore, we want to warn our audience that certain episodes may contain discussions or stories that could be triggering for some individuals. The content of the podcast is for educational and informative purposes only, and we encourage you to practice self-care and discretion while listening, and to reach out to a trusted support system or professional if you feel overwhelmed and need help on your healing journey. Welcome, Ms. V. Thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. I'm really excited about our topic today. Yes, I am too. I am so, and thank you so much for accommodating me because, you know, our schedules as entrepreneurs, we can get so busy. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I am so thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. And so, you know, what we're going to talk about, um, and I I know both of us are going to have a lot of input on this, is uh, losing our voice. Yeah. You know, so why don't we start by you telling us about yourself and then the, your story of how, you know, what happened with you. And then we'll get into talking about how we got our voices back. Yeah. Well, my name is Valeria, AKA better know as Miss V the storyteller. And I am a sto- storyteller. And what I do is I help women to find their story. I call it your fingerprint story. That's uniquely yours that help you become become the woman that you are today. So I use stories, I use my story to help people to find their voices, to find their stories, and then share it in their businesses, um, if they're doing um, podcasts, if they're keynote speaking, to share your story. Because once you share your story, you would not believe how many people have gone through what you have gone through. And they just need to hear your story to empower them to keep pushing through. You can make it. So that's what I do. I help people to find their story. I have a podcast where I have guests that come on the show and they talk about their stories. We talk about stories because it's so important. That's how we educate. That's how we learn is through stories. And we and connect, so, right? We connect. Absolutely. We, we connect. And that's the, when you go on a date, you're sharing stories about yourself. That's how that person gets to know you and vice versa. So why not use it in business? And that's what I do. I help people to find it in their business, use it in their business. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. So tell so tell us, tell us your story. Like, how did you lose your voice? Listen, yeah. And it was was a long time. It was a long time. it, It was a long time. When I was six years old, I decided to stop talking. What happened was um, my dad was a yeller. He yelled all the time. And one day he was just (laughs) yelling at me. And you can imagine this little six-year-old looking up at this man, just yelling at her. And I, I don't know what I did or didn't do, whatever the case may be, but it was like so much for me. And I remember distinctly saying, do not say a word, do not open your mouth don't say anything and for good reason and I stood there in the hallway and I did not open my mouth Mm. and my dad about a few seconds later he just looked at me and walked away so in my six-year-old mind it worked because I didn't get put on punishment 
I didn't get in trouble. He just walked away. And I don't know if he just didn't know what to deal with me because in the past, I may have defended myself or said, you know, not me, but this time I just stood there and like took it, didn't mm. say nothing. And so because that worked in that instance in my six-year-old mind, hey, this works. So don't say anything. And so that was the beginning of me losing my voice. I didn't say anything. And so in my home, it started to work. I didn't say anything, but the bad thing in, in my home is my siblings, they realized that I wasn't going to say anything. So I got blamed for things that I did not yeah. do, but it didn't matter because overall it was working. I wasn't getting in trouble with my parents. Mm -hmm. So this went on in school. Let's try it in school. Let's not say anything. See what happened. Wasn't getting in trouble in school. Wow. I mean, yeah, my mom got a note from my teacher saying that I needed to speak up. But in my mind, it wasn't a note saying that I was talking too much because a lot of people got in trouble for talking too much. Not talking, really? That's not trouble for me. So went on to elementary school and it was beginning to get harder and harder because anybody in middle school is hell. Those kids are mean. Oh, <laughs> it's awful. It is horrible. But, you know, I continued not to talk into high school. And in high school is where I got physically bullied. And the ironic yeah. thing about the physical, physical bullying was that was the one time that I did speak up. And what happened? I got physically bullied. So it kind of put a stamp on, that's why you need to keep your yeah. closed because look what happened. And so I'm thinking, oh, when I get, when I graduate from high school, it's going to be better. No more classmates joking me, bullying me, talking over me, you know, all the trauma that I was going through. But the adults were just as mean. Mm -hmm. It didn't get better. They were meaner than the ones in school. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? So when I turned 23, I became a Christian and I'm a God girl. And I remember just have having enough. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I am so tired of people talking across me. Every time I would even attempt to say something, someone would cut me off. So I believe that what I had to say wasn't important. So why even mm -hmm. talk at all? They're mm -hmm. not going to listen anyway. I'm being joked. I'm being bullied. All these things were happening to me because I lost my voice, but I didn't realize in that moment that that six-year-old decision was not necessarily a good, at the moment was a good decision. Right. But as the years progressed, I lost more and more of my, not only my voice, but my self-esteem and mm -hmm. who I was. Your so value, said, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I said, listen, Lord, you have to give me my voice back. I cannot take this anymore. And God loved me so much. It was so gracious. He gave me my voice back, but however, I got it back in a not so good way. <laughs> I became a cusser outer. I was going to get you <laughs> before you got me. That um, pressure cooker, you know, that I'm yes, holding in for, for all those 18 years. years that's mm -hmm. all I encountered was people talking across me, mistreating me and bullying me and all that. So I'm like, I got my voice back. I'm going to get you before you got me. And I was cussing people out. And I remember one day I was at a football game. And it was almost like God just quiet the entire stadium just so I could hear myself talking to this man. And I was going in on him. I was literally cussing him out. 
And I heard myself. That was the wow. first time that I ever really heard myself in the way that I was using my voice. And I said, oh my God, I have now turned into a bully. I am the same people yeah. who mistreated and hurt me. And listen, I bust out into a cry. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. by the time I got to my car, I had, I called it an Oprah ugly cry. I was like, <laughs> just booing. I mean, crying to my heart. And I got home and I said, okay, that's it, Lord. Listen, you have got to help me. I need you to give me a medium. Now, I'm not going to say God gave me a whole medium because you catch anybody on a bad day and God forbid what would come out of their mouth. Traffic alone would make you just, <laughs> That's me. something different. But what I'm saying is what God did for me, he made me aware of it so that now mm -hmm. I, I fight and try not to be the cusser outer, but I definitely do not want to go back to being the non-talker. Mm -hmm. So every day it's a struggle. So I make a I purpose in my mind, you will say what you need to say, but you will season your words, even if you have to walk away and pull yourself together and come back and address it, but you would no longer allow anyone to make you lose your voice. And I'm like, thank you, God, for giving me that. But every day it's a constant because it's easy for me to be the cusser outer. She was with me for 18 years right? for me to go back to the non-talker because it was a part of me. So every day is a conscious effort. You know, mm -hmm. when I'm having conversations with people, if somebody says something I don't like, I have a choice. I can choose to say what I need to say in a way that they will receive it. I can choose to cuss them out. I can choose not to say anything, but I have a choice and I choose to use my voice to say what I need to say. So that is my story, a part of it. And then God had a sense of humor, wanted me to be a storyteller, have a podcast, help people. I'm like, you got your voice back and now you're going to use it. Yeah, we're going to use it. You know, this story is a great example of what some of the coping mechanisms that we, I guess, get as a child when we're being in, a, in, a, in an abusive situation, a traumatic situation you know, we come up with a coping skill because our little minds, we're just, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know. And like you said, I mean, you, you told that story so well in that you recognized at that moment that that technique worked mm -hmm. and then you carried that technique and you got confirmation along the way. Oh yeah. I look, I opened my mouth and then I got bullied. I got hurt. So whoop, I'm going to shut up. Mm -hmm. And then it's really common what happened to you which was once you got your voice, boom, we go to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. We get completely out of balance. And so what you've done is, and I love this story because you really bring it full circle is you have now found balance and you're right. Cause I, 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 in my, I call it my survival mode. I was a screamer mm. and, and, oh, and, wow. and yeah. And it's just because I was in survival mode so you're already got the anxiety and, you know, everything is right there. All the emotions, it doesn't take much. And then one little thing, and I mean, it can be little could trigger me. And I, you know, the ceiling is right here and I'm hitting the ceiling just because I'm so close to it. And, um, I, I can relate to the, well, I'm going to get you before you get me. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I could totally relate to that. And that's what I would do. I'm like, I'm going to shut you down with that voice mm -hmm. before you have an opportunity to shut my voice down. But the voice that got shut down in me was the voice of vulnerability, the voice of 
you know, sharing stuff that someone could take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because I could scream, I could yell, I could cuss at them. That came out real easy. But when I felt threatened, like I felt threatened, like my vulnerability was being threatened, literally my voice literally got stuck in my throat. And I mean, I recognized that um, probably about seven years ago and it, it, I could physically feel it stuck in my throat. It was the first time that I became mm. completely aware of the voice being stuck in my throat. And I was with my now husband, we were dating at the time and we weren't even having an uncomfortable conversation at all. We were having a normal conversation, but there was something about what my response was to him that felt threatening and Mm. the voice got stuck. And I remember him looking at me and he's like, just say it. He, He could tell I was trying to say something. And I looked at him, I said, it will not come out. It won't come out. And it took a little while. And and feeling safe with him. Mm. And I started with my voice and I'm still working on it because I still have that people pleaser thing in me. So, and then I've got to find that balance too, of, of not being, I could be very mean if I wanted to be. And, and so I, like you, like you said, every day I'm having to watch how I say things and be careful, you know, of my words, because I know that words are powerful. They are very powerful, but we are human beings and we have triggers, you know, things that happen to us that would trigger us. But the key in doing that is even if you yell or scream, even with me, I'll give you a perfect example from from me, from me. There was I was in the store that I'm going to be 100 with you all. The general public has never been my friend because they were always (laughs) mean to me. I'm fluffy, you know, they would joke me, mock me when I would walk past. So the general public has never been friends of mine. However, God helped me to see that. And I had to literally go back and forgive the general public for how they treated me. That was the only way that I can get, I can go out now and be in the general public and not be mean and nasty and not like be on on the defense you know, I'm going to get you, which I'm not going to do. I had to like forgive them, but mm-hmm. it's still a struggle because people are people. Now yeah. it was a man and he was in the store and there was a little something. And I said, something, <laughs> I said something, but what I did was immediately I said, you shouldn't have said that. Now he was wrong, but I was like, I shouldn't have said that. Let me go back and fix it. Sometimes that's what we got to do. Yeah. I've done that. I circled back around and I said, sir, I'm sorry for what I said. However, you know, what you did was just as wrong as what me saying. And I just want to apologize to you for what I said. I've had to do this with my older brother. Um, He also got that gift of yelling from my dad. And that's the only way he knows how to um, communicate. And he was going in on me one day and I was like, I am not going to let him talk to me any kind of way. I ain't going to cuss him up. So I said, click. And I hung up the phone immediately. I was like, that was not the right thing to do. You shouldn't have hung up on him because you would hate it. If he, well, now I will be honest. If he hung up on me, I really wouldn't care. Cause that means that he would stop talking and yelling. <laughs> so, I really wouldn't care. However, it doesn't mean that I, I should do it. It's funny. So I called him back or I texted him or something. I said, I'm so sorry for hanging up on you, but I could not allow you to continue to talk to me the way you were. 
So I am sorry for hanging up on you. And that was the behavior that I apologized to you, but he was still wrong in what he was doing. And what I find out from talking to women and helping women, we lose our voices in so many different ways. We leave losing with our husband, with our children, on our jobs, you know, just to keep the peace and to keep, you know, everything quiet. But I'm like, when I do that, I'm losing a part of myself, mm -hmm. of who I am. God gave me a voice. He created me the way that I am. How dare me allow someone someone else to take my voice away or to take those things away from me. That's giving them more power than I have over myself. Not going to happen. So what I do is, you know, if I need to take a pause, go yeah. to the bathroom, pull myself together and come back and address the situation. Mm -hmm. But pray and Lord, please let me season my words in a way that they will receive it in the way that it's intended. But you got to have your heart right. Like with my brother, we are not tight. My older brother, we are not close, very close at all. And, you know, he has some issues he got to work on just like I did. But I will not allow his behavior, the way that he talks to me, that does not happen anymore. And mm -hmm. I think he's realizing that I'm not going to tolerate it. So when he gets in one of his things, I'll say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get off the phone because here you go again. We're not doing this. You're not going to talk to me any kind of way. So I'm going to have to get off the phone. And that's, and that's perfect. And right. And that's what you have to do. Like the man in the store, his behavior, he was wrong. What he did, I don't even want to go into it because it might make me mad again. <laughs> yeah. I'll say to him, <laughs> so what, I was, what I said was wrong. However, you were just as wrong. And the thing about it, he didn't even apologize. I was going to ask you what his response was. No. What did he do? He did, did not, he even he say did, anything? He did not apologize. He said, oh, okay. And he just walked off. That was fine because I made myself right. Right. You and know, who I knows, right. honestly, who knows what, what that effect had on him? I mean, you'll never know. You never right. know. He could have thought about it. Wow, that lady mm -hmm. came back. I was wrong, you know, but he didn't come back and apologize to me. And there was another time where, I had a patient, I used to work in the hospital and this lady came in, she was just nasty as I don't know what to me. And I sat there and I looked at her and I was like, I am not going to let this woman get to be. I was like, okay, all right, all right, ma'am. No problem. Okay. And then she walked away. Do you know that woman sat there? And I, I think it was the way that I handled her. Mm -hmm. When she finished at the doctor's appointment, she went to her car and came back and gave me this big bag. She worked at a dental office. She gave me toothbrushes, toothpaste. She gave me all of this stuff in the bag and oh. apologized to me for the way that she treated me. And she apologized. I had to do the same thing, circle around at the hospital. When I took my mom to the hospital, I was very short and not nice to this lady. By the time I sat down, I felt so, I was like, Larry, that was un. No, I circled back around and I went to her. I said, ma'am, I am so sorry for the way that I talked to you. I was frustrated trying to get my mom in here, making sure we got it on time. And that's, there was no reason for me to take it out on you. I am so sorry. And she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, this has never happened to me. You're the first person that's ever apologized. Aww. And I said, I am. I am so sorry, ma'am. You know, and she was like, thank you so much for doing it. I had to do it another time when I had to go back. So my whole, um, the reason for me saying all of this is that we're going to mess up. But when you mm -hmm. mess up, it's okay for you to go back and circle back and say, I'm sorry. I did that. I shouldn't have done that. And even if the person doesn't receive it, you're doing it for yourself because right. you recognize the behavior. And the more you do it to be 100, 
you're going to get sick of going back. Mm-hmm. Clean up, <laughs> doing the clean up. And you are like, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. You know what? Let mm-hmm. me just be quiet because I don't want to have to circle back around and apologize to this dude because I don't like him anyway. You know what I'm saying? Just be honest with yourself. I am not going to say anything to this woman because she made me mad and she's not nice. So because I'm not coming back around and apologizing to this nasty woman, you know, just be <laughs> real with yourself and be authentic. Right? I'm not doing it. So you know what, ma'am? You are right. Have a good day. Bye. And there's, you know, there's a time for that. And, and, and I, there's a story and I won't get into detail, um, but uh, too much about the story, but it was a situation where um, I was kind of being accused of something that I didn't, wasn't doing. And it was a, it was a really close relationship. And I, I remember thinking, cause my reaction wanted to be something not very nice because the person was definitely in the wrong and caught me off guard, which you know, that can really kind of throw you off too. But I knew that this relationship was really, really important. Mm. And as much as I wanted to just shred this person and Mm -hmm. I have a sharp tongue when I want to, (laughs) we all, um, I knew that I had to shut up and it ended up turning out so beautiful because you know, I got off the phone and I was in tears and a lot of the tears was frustration. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really, I wasn't getting hurt. I was just really, really frustrated. Um, and so, but it ended up being in the end, a very good relationship. And the person apologized, yes. like went out of their way to apologize. It was very obvious. And that, I mean, I just think back on that and man, I could have taken that in a completely different direction and just destroyed it. I could have in that moment. But when I hear your story, what I'm hearing is, it's so funny because remember I told you about the cusser outer and then the non-talker. There are times when you don't need to say anything, right? You didn't. And because you didn't say anything, it had that person over there like, oh my God because of the yep. way you handled it. And she circled around and apologized like I did. So I had to, I have to do that myself and, and, and make myself understand Valeria. It's okay. Sometimes if you don't say anything, because sometimes it's not warranted, right? You don't need to say anything. And uh, again, I'm a God girl. Sometimes just let the Lord fight your battles. Don't even say right. anything. And I've right. had to do that a lot of times and I'm okay with it. Before it was a fear like, oh my God, you're going back to the non-talker. You know, right. it was a fear. You're losing your voice. No, sometimes your voice needs to be silent mm-hmm. so that the other person is not for you. It's not necessary about you. It's about the other person. Right. And so usually I had is. To, yeah. And I had to <laughs> like learn how to do that. Now the Cusserata, I learned how to season my words with her. Cause you know, I don't want to be professing to be a Christian and cussing folk out. So I learned <laughs> to season, <laughs> you know, you, that don't match. Man, she's like, Lord, she cussed me out and talked about Jesus. That, that, that just doesn't work. <laughs> Look, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I try to just, when I do decide not to say anything, it's like, okay, now why are you deciding not to say anything? What is right. the reasoning for it? Okay, then you can. But if it's just because you want to just keep the peace, nope. Open yeah, your no. mouth and say something. Do right. not allow them to mistreat you. So yeah. Right. right. Yeah, there is a time to say something. There's a time to be quiet. And and you know, you have a little knower in you that will tell you that, right? Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things that I found, because, you know, over the years I, I lived in a lot of frustration and didn't have a voice. What I learned to do sometimes was to write. Mm-hmm. And I would write whatever I felt, yes. whatever was coming out at that moment and, um, and then destroy it, shred it, burn it, whatever. But it is so cathartic to have, to get that out of you, you know, yes. it's stuff I, I don't want to say to anybody, anybody, well, I, I don't want anybody to hear it. <laughs> but when I was younger, I started journaling and oh, what yeah. I did was I would write down what I wish I had said to the person to get it out. Even right. if it was just laying up out with your big head, you get on my nerves, you know, as a younger person, you know, make me sick, always yelling at me. You know, I would just write down what it was and your right is so therapeutic to get that stuff out of you. Yeah. Now I didn't throw myself away. I kept my things because that's going to make me some money. I'm turning my journals into some books and make some money off of you and your rude self. You know, <laughs> I have all, all my journals and how I was feeling, how I got over it, because people do it all the time. I'm like, I have about 30, 40, 50 journals upstairs and I will go through them. Yes. Well, I was a That's shy awesome. child. I was a shy child. As that a matter of awesome, fact, though. when I started out being a storyteller, um, I was on this, uh, I was selected to be on this podcast called Mortified, if you ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they have, you come on and you share your story, your childhood um, embarrassments and all this stuff. And I performed in DC and in Maryland and I pulled out one of my journals and mm -hmm. that is ex exactly what I shared was an experience that happened to me. And it was in my journal that I had. And that's why I was chosen. Cause when I shared with them that particular story, they was like, Oh my God, you got to share this. And when I shared it was, what was so funny. I think it was the DC show. When I heard the audience gasp, I didn't realize the effect of it, you know, because it was my story. Yeah. I was in it in the moment, but when somebody right. else has heard it, they was like, oh. but then when I continued on, you know, reading and telling the story, then the laughter came because for me at that moment, the story was funny, but when I wrote it, it wasn't. Yeah. I was in the moment. So then, you know, how I handle it was funny. So they have helped me, you know, with my storytelling, they have helped me. I go back and I read where I was to where I am now, what mm. I was thinking, you know, how much I've grown. It's like an empowerment kind of thing. Now, if you feel the same way you are 10 years ago, you might need to be laying on somebody's couch because as time go on, you need to <laughs> grow mm -hmm. and mature. But if you still stuck in 10 years ago, you might need to get some help. So when I go back 10 years and I pull out one of my journals I'm like, my goodness, girl, you've come a long way. Mm -hmm. You are not the same person. You, you're good for you. Kudos. Now you, you still have some issues to work on, but at least you're not as bad as you were back then. You've grown. You know? So sometimes you always have to go back and, and look at it and say, wow, hopefully each year, you know, every year you're getting better and stronger, even if it's just one little area. At least mm -hmm. you're still not the same in that area that you were before. So yeah, we need to grow. And, you know, journaling is a beautiful thing. I love it. I still journal to this day. I, I was going to ask you, I, I figured you probably still did. And I, and I mean, this is a great example too, because I'm always saying, you know, 
it's, you know, we live our, we live our lives day by day. Right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we wonder, gosh, did I grow? You know, you've got a great way to, to look at that, but you know, the people that don't I'll say, you know, where were you a year ago? Where were you five years ago? You know, and, and if you've changed, you know, embrace that. But I love that you are able to go in and, you know, look back when you were 10 years old mm-hmm. and look at a situation. And I started kind of a new journal. I, I have it over here and I think it's called a day. A, let me get it real quick. Oh yeah. One line a day. Mm-hmm. And this kind of, kind of goes along with yours in that, but it's really simple because it's a five-year journal. Oh, wow. And so each page is a day, Okay, but it's yeah. for five years and you just write a little bit. Yeah. Just write a little bit. And then this is a good way that you can watch your growth. And so I just started this, when did I start? In September. So I've just, you know, I've got some of mine already going oh, yeah. and, um, and you can do the very thing that you're talking about, but I do want to hear how you journal because everybody has their own unique way and there's no wrong way to journal. Right. So how, how do you journal? How do you do it? With my journals now, um, my journals sometimes is in the morning when I'm meditating, you know, I'm talking to God about something. I might, you know, people, some people don't believe in asking God questions. I think God loves it when we ask him questions. So yes. I will ask God, you know, what do you need me to do today? So I would journal that. Or if I'm struggling with something, you know, I'm like, God, help me. So I, I use it in my meditation, but I also sometimes at the end of the night, you know, if I've had a really stressful day, what did I learn from today? Mm. You know, why did that happen? What do you think the reason, you know, and I check on my heart. Are you ho- holding in the feelings from anybody? You know, if you're holding any bad feelings from somebody, because you know, when somebody make you mad, sometimes you can hold on to that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so whatever is in me, if it's anger, if it's appreciation, whatever it is, I put it in my journal. And you just um, write what whatever, whatever comes to no me. If I'm, if I'm mad now, there was something that Oprah did, and I I used to do that, but I've grown out of that. I think something o- Oprah shared her um, journal one time, and I think she put three things to be thankful for for that mm. day. It was like a gratitude, and she found you have to find three things, and she wrote those three things down to be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I all I do try to find something positive. But if it's not, I all I always leave it. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. You'll find mm-hmm. good in tomorrow. Something positive within that. So uh, I don't really have rules now. I just just dump. But something else you said. Do you know pictures will also help you grow? If you don't journal and you have pictures, we have our cell phones. If you go back Mm -hmm. through your phone and look at your pictures, Mm -hmm. look at your facial expressions, think about where you were and what you were doing in that moment, it will also help you to understand that you've grown. Because if I look at some pictures back then and I'm thinking, oh my God, I remember that day. Or I remember that. Oh, I was a hot mess. Yeah. You, you'll remember it, you know, the pictures and, and all that, even if you're smiling and everything and you're all in front of the camera, and you're doing that. And then you think about it. Oh yeah. I was doing all that smiling, but I couldn't stand him. Mm-hmm. He was getting on my last nerve. I did not even like me. He didn't even deserve my time. And I was wasting my time with him. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm so glad he is out of my life. You know, <laughs> so that's showing you that you've grown and it's a picture. You might not have journaled it. But when you look at it, because there were some pictures back there, I'm like, what? 
I am so grateful he's gone. God bless him. God speed with somebody else because he's not with me. You know, so right. you use a picture. You can go back to your phone, your contacts and all that. And there are so many different ways. But as long as you do take some time to look at where you've come from, it's so empowering because mm -hmm. you'll say, okay, whoo. I'm not the way I used to be. I'm not perfect, but I'm a lot better than I used yes. to be. And you feel, you know, you feel a lot better. And you know, that's interesting. You brought up the pictures because what came to me about me is if you look at pictures, even 10, 15 years ago, I look very different. Mm -hmm. I look completely different. And my dear friend, Liz, who did my story and my first episode with me, she talks about it. She's like, you, your, your entire looks are different. And I do, I look back at some of those and I can, I had more weight on me. I can see in my mm -hmm. eyes, I can see the unhappiness. I can see it. It, it. It's just, it's, it's actually hard for me to sometimes look at it. Cause I, I tend to go there for a minute, you know, and just remember how that felt mm -hmm. and it did not feel good. That was a really difficult time in my life for sure. But you look at yourself now and see how much you've grown and how much mm -hmm. you change. And, and it was just from pictures. Right. So, you know, if you're not a journal, a person who, you know, journals, you know, and you want to really look at yourself and see how much you've grown, go back to your context and, or go back to your pictures and mm -hmm. look at your pictures and say, wow, because pictures are memories. You know, mm -hmm. you can remember what you were doing or what you were thinking. So do that, you know, and show yourself. And if you haven't grown a lot, then ask yourself, why? Why mm -hmm. haven't, why am I still stuck here? And it may require that you have to do some hard work. You mm -hmm. may have to go in and forgive some people. You may have to forgive yourself for allowing yourself to be taken advantage of or whatever, but then make it, make a choice and say, you know what? I refuse to be this person next year. I'm going to mm -hmm. be better and make steps to be better. Right. I know. And the forgiving yourself is big because that is something that I'm an area that I'm working on because I'm now seeing, I'm learning the extent of some of my behavior when I was in my survival mode and who it affected. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't go back and change that. I can't go back and make it go away, but I can clean up my mess. And that's mm -hmm. what I've been doing. I've been, you know, and, and you know what? I don't want to keep cleaning messes up. So I'm trying to do things right now because it's, it's right. not fun going back and cleaning up those messes. I mean, it's really important because it's, it's not only important for your own healing and growth, but it is also helpful for those people that you've harmed or hurt mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Um, and so, and like, I've had conversations with my son because, you know, he was living in a home with a parents in survival mode and it wasn't a good place for him. And I, I didn't realize the extent of it really until recently. Um, and so I'm, it's a process of, of forgiving yourself, but it mm -hmm. is really important. And I know when we did, um, when I did the childhood abuse healing workshop, um, the last night of the workshop, we would really dig into forgiveness because the women at the beginning of the workshop are not in a place to talk about forgiveness. That's <laughs> they right. just aren't, it, it, they're just there at the beginning of their healing. They, Yeah. And, you know, the thing that's so important about the forgiveness is it doesn't take away what the other person did or even what you did, but it releases you mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it really is for me. So for my abusers, I have absolutely forgiven them. Like I can talk about the stories 
and they don't have the effect on me at all anymore. And I don't get angry and, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and the reason why is because I have forgiven them and it's not because it, I'm saying, Oh, what you did was okay. And you know, don't worry about it. It's no, I forgive you for what you did because I don't want to carry resentment, bitterness, Mm -hmm. anger, because that's where I was at. Yeah. But for me, you know, forgiveness, one of the things that I had to understand, because I was so not understanding the whole premise of, of forgiving. I thought that if you gave somebody that they had to be a part of your life and a lot of people believe that. And that's why they can't forgive the person because the person hurt them so much or mistreated them so badly. And I had to realize, okay, I'm forgiving them for me. It's not about them. I give them their issues. I give everything to them. I'm, I'm forgiving you for you for me. And there are bad people that you have to forgive, but you do not have to have them in your world or in uh, your life, especially if they continuously show you who they really are. Yes. And that was something, there was someone that's in my family. Okay, whatever. So, and I am not a fan of this particular person, but I've forgiven her and I've forgiven her and she she cannot be a part of my world because she's still the same Mm -hmm. person that she was when things were happening. And I'm good with that. Now I do try to be cordial if I have to be around that person, but I keep it to a minimum because I know that that is not a person that I desire, nor do I want them to be in my world because of the Mm -hmm. toxicity that they have. So, Hey, how you doing? And I keep it moving. So right. for those people out there, if you if there are people in your life that's hurt you or mistreated you, understand this. Forgiveness, first of all, is for you. And number two, if you forgive someone, they do not have to be in your world or in your life. You've forgiven them and you move on. You do not have to have a relationship with these people. Mm-hmm. You do not have to respond to those people. It doesn't make you unforgiving towards them. It just means that you're protecting yourself in your heart. You're protecting yourself from someone who's done damage. You've forgiven them, gone on about your business. I'm gonna go on about my business, but I'm protecting my heart because when I allow you in my space, you do damage to me in my heart and I cannot allow that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you power and you will no longer have power over me. So I forgive you. Now go on about your business. That's my way of saying it in a way. Yep. <laughs> Just go on, you know. You know, it's interesting because um, I 100% agree with you. And where I discovered that is it was before I was actually doing the workshop and I had gone through the workshop myself, a childhood abuse healing workshop. Um, and it was, it was at, at the time when I was taking the workshop, I had recognized, I knew my brother had abused me, but what I hadn't recognized was that my parents as well, I didn't see it at the time, mm-hmm. but I was grappling with, I didn't want to have my brother in my life anymore because he was being abusive. Mm-hmm. And I had my young son and I was being very protective of him of that. Right. And I was able to manage that. And I was feeling like as a Christian I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I have to have this person in my life. He's family. What kind of, you know, what kind of Christian am I, if I cut this person out of my life Mm -hmm. when he's my brother. Right. And so I went into the workshop like that and I forget what night it was. Um, but I remember 
the leader saying, we are called to forgive and the forgiveness is for us. It, you know, just like I said earlier, it doesn't diminish or do anything about what they did, you know, at all. However, we're called to forgive, but we don't have to reconcile with them if they're continuing to abuse. And I about came out of my seat Mm -hmm. because I, I, it it completely broke that lie that I was believing. And it was very stressful because I didn't want him in my life anymore because he was continuing this. He was doing it with my father who was living with us. And when he finally reached out to my son and did it, that's absolutely when I cut him off. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, no. And, and so many people grapple with that, whether you're a Christian or not, they, they, they just think, well, like, you know, especially if they're a family member I, and, and if you have other family members saying, oh, you know, you, you have to, you have to connect with them. You have to be, you know, continue to have them in your life. No, you don't. You don't. Absolutely. Listen, let me, I, I have to share this with you. Um, I think it was last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. I was having a conversation with a family member. And when I got off the phone, I said to myself, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you allow that person to talk to you? Why didn't you? And God let me know that I had not regained my full voice back. I had my voice with the general public, with the world, you know, with coworkers, you know, with husband, you know, with all these, but I did not have my full voice back with family members. I was still Mm. that silent person. And that's why they were continuously talking to me and treating me the way that I was because they were used to that quiet person. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized that I was like, oh no, I need my full voice back. And so I had three different conversations, one with each one of them, where I got my full voice back. And what I did was I said what I needed to say to them. My 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 older brother, like I shared earlier, I said, you will no longer talk to me the way that you've talked to me. I am your sister. You're going to respect me. You're no longer going to treat me like the bottom of your shoe. When you go down this time, I'm going to just shut you off. I'm just going to get off the phone. I'm letting you know now. Mm-hmm. One other person was my mom, you know, because my mom was, yes, it was my That's mom. That's a hard I, one. <laughs> but I wasn't disrespectful to her, mm-hmm. but I said, mama, you can't keep talking to me like that. You can't keep treating me like that. I'm your daughter. You, you can't keep doing it. And when you start to go down this road and you start to do it, I'm just going to walk away because I'm not going to stand here and allow you to mistreat me. I mm-hmm. respect you. You're my mom, but you cannot keep doing this to me. And then it was one other person. I had a conversation on the phone and I did the very same thing. And it was so freeing for me. Then what I did was I forgave them for those past behaviors, Mm -hmm. how they were. But I also put a disclaimer in, I'm going to forgive you. But if you go back to treating me the way you used to, I am done. I am not going to continue to allow me to do that. Now, it's up to you if you want to have a relationship with me, then you're going to have to treat me the way I deserve to be treated. And that's the same way you have to do your brother. If it's someone in your life and you, because they're your your family and you don't Mm -hmm. want to cut them off and mistreat them. However, you have to set boundaries and let them know that the way you used to treat her, it's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you want a relationship with me, you're going to have to treat me this way. Otherwise we won't. And you let them know you have to be respectful when you talk to me. You cannot do this. You will not do that or that's it. Mm-hmm. And if they, if that person continues and try to keep doing the same way, then you have a right to say, that's it. 
Yeah. You're out of my life. You have that right because you're protecting your heart and you're protecting yourself. Right. Right. Allowing somebody to mistreat you or to make you lose your voice. Yeah. And so now <laughs> one day my brother called me on the phone. He said, Hey, how you doing? I looked at the phone like, who is this? You know, <laughs> I was like, who is this an imposter? You know, the phone <laughs> up, his name popped up on my phone, but who is his person? <laughs> you know, and he was calm and he just, I mean, he was just like regular, you know? And I'm like, wow, I should have done this years, years ago. ago. <laughs> you know, something to happen for, you know, and even with my mom, she's she doesn't do she hasn't done it since well she tried one time i said well mama remember what i told you now you can go there if you want to i'm out i'm gonna leave you right here by yourself and i'm gonna walk out and she was like well no 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 that's not what i'm saying come 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 back come back so you know it made a staple it, it stuck with them and so it, it'll work if they want to be in your life if not so sell la vie right right and you know a story just came up um, that I actually kind of forgot about that, where I had for the first time a voice with my brother and I have to, I want to share it because the results of it was so powerful and I was completely calm. So it was after my father had passed and, um, my then father-in-law was the executor of my dad's estate and it was very small. It wasn't very much money at all. And, um, you know, it takes a few months to settle all that stuff. It's no big deal. And my brother who needed money, um, began to get nervous that it was taking so long to get the money. And so he starts up and at this time we were talking cause we had, I, we had lost our father and we kind of reconnected a little bit. And so I was kind of testing the waters and, and working with him and he was behaving himself, which was not uncommon for a little bit. Um, but what happened is he started, he wanted, what he was trying to do is he started calling me and harassing me and saying, oh, you know, my Meryl's not doing a very good job on being executor. It's just terrible. You know, it's just taking so long and trying to get me stirred up. Right. And it wouldn't work. And long story short, it ended up being, he kept trying and kept trying and it wasn't working with me because what he wanted is he wanted to move me in to be the executor. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he would. Bat, he would bully me and get what he wants. And I just remember thinking, stand your ground on this one. Mm -hmm. You're not seven years old, stand your ground. And it finally came to a head one night. And unfortunately, my, my former in-laws got to see the true brother, uh, you know, and saw his true colors. And he blew up because he was calling me and he was screaming at me, trying to badger me and it wouldn't work. And he'd hang up. He would call them and scream and, you know, and carry on and hang up on them. And it was the, it was the most empowering thing. I felt bad because everybody was upset except me. I just remember thinking, hold your ground, hold your ground. You got this, you got this. And I did, I stood my ground and he, and it was interesting because I got done with it. And I thought for the first time in my life, he didn't bully me into something. He didn't abuse me. Mm -hmm. I stood my ground. I had a voice mm -hmm. and it's, he, he's never done that to me again, ever. And, you know, I, I felt bad. That. My in-laws were upset because they saw the true saw, you know, they were all worried about me and I was worried about them. And I just said, you know what? 
that needed to happen. And I'm so yes. sorry that you got pulled into it. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that really needed to happen because I needed that to, to be able to later on when I cut him off, it was easy. But you know, what happened was your behavior changed and he yeah. wasn't used to it. He was used to the old Lisa, the one that he could manipulate and get over and that's the same way with those three different conversations they were used to the old me the one that was quiet and would just sit there and take it you know just to keep the peace but when I spoke up and I didn't cuss anybody out I wasn't nasty to anyone right but just like you did I was stern I'm holding my ground I'm not gonna allow this to happen and that you know people freak out because they are used to the old you it's kind of like somebody who's being abused for, you know, your husband keeps putting his hands on you or whatever. And then the day you rise up and grab that frying pan and bust him upside the head, he doesn't know how to respond because he exactly. used to the old you. And sometimes it takes, I'm not telling anybody out there to hit their husband in the head. With <laughs> that is not what I'm not saying. What you're saying. <laughs> but sometimes it takes you changing your behavior, standing your ground and saying, that's it. I am not going to put up with this any more and hold your ground and that's exactly what you did and I had three different conversations with each one one you know with these people to just say okay now I have my voice back and when I talk to them on the phone now you know I feel empowered within myself okay Mm -hmm. so if they go down this road they already know what's going to happen right so I don't even have to say anything because I've already warned them they go to my mom if she even tried to go down that road okay all right, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut him off. Mm-hmm. I'll see you later. You know, and then, you know, they know, oh, the reason why she leaves. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I'm losing my voice or anything. What I'm doing is I'm protecting my heart and don't count it as being weakness. What mm-hmm. it is, is I'm walking away, especially with my mom, because I respect her and I love my mom and I never want to be disrespectful to her. However, I have to protect my heart. And so- I'll just walk away. But my mom has Alzheimer's. Let me just go back. My mom has Alzheimer's and I'm realizing that uh, some of her outbursts are from, yeah. you know, from that. But she hasn't had one, but this was at the beginning of it when I found mm-hmm. out, you know, this was at the beginning of it. So, um, but we're good now, but I, I really needed to have that conversation with her for that reason. It was more about me getting my full voice back. And it's also about me letting her know that that behavior will no longer be tolerated. Well, I have to tell this quick story that when we had our pre-interview, because you talked about the full voice and we were talking about, you were giving me some really good advice on podcast and because you're, you know, you've been doing them way longer than me. And, you know, we talked about sometimes, you know, having potential guests come on that can be a little challenging. And -hmm. I was explaining a story to you and you said, oh, well, you don't have your full voice yet. And that hit that. me. That hit me. That. I was like, whoa, I got to hear a little more of this. Cause I thought I did. I thought I had my full voice and, and, you know, my, my conversation with you is, and you're, you feel the same way is we're very protective of our podcast. We're very protective mm-hmm. of what the you know content goes out. And, you know, this particular guest had, she wanted to run this whole episode the way she wanted to do it. Yep, and it was in one. alignment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember you said, you don't have your full voice. And I, you know, we talked about that just like you were talking now. And when we hung up, I'm telling you that had a profound effect on me. And, um, 
I don't have a phone number for the lady because we don't, you know, it's, it's, things are done by email. Right. I ended up writing her an email and, 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 you know, I, the thing is I, I wasn't going to defend my position you don't um, have to. and I wasn't going to sugarcoat it. And I just, I basically told her, I said, you know, we have a different idea of how this podcast episode is going to go. And, um, while I, I appreciate, you know, you wanting to do it your way, I'm sure you'll find a podcast episode with someone else that will be able to accommodate that, but it doesn't fit with me. And thank you. And I wish you the best. And that's exactly, remember, I told you that's exactly what I did because I had to realize this is my show. This Mm -hmm. is the way God gave it to me. I'm going to stick with it. And I just wrote her email back and said, I decline have you as a guest on my show. You know, I wish you good luck or whatever, because what you're not going to do is come on something that belongs to me and change it to accommodate you. You. Again, that goes back to giving people your power and losing your voice. How dare me lose my voice on my own podcast? Right? I'm like, no, 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 no. You want to be a guest on my show. So there's, you know, I am one of those guests. If I'm on someone's podcast, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. If you say fill out the form, I'm going to fill out the form. If you ask me to do this questionnaire and it got 900 questions, if I really want to be on that podcast, I'm going to answer the mm-hmm. 900 questions. I had um, one show that I was on and they gave, I think it was three different um, questions or something. And you had to pick one. Um, you know, to answer or something like that. I did my homework. I read it. And so when we, when they got to that part of the interview, I said, oh yeah, I read, yeah, I'm ready. I read the questions and I'm ready. And they were surprised. They was like, what you did? I said, yes, I do my homework. Cause I would hope that my, the guests that come on my show would do the same. Mm-hmm. I don't ask a lot. I just ask that you share your personal story. And what I found out is a lot of people don't know their personal story. They right. know what they, they know their, what they do for a living, but that is not who you are. They know their bio, but they don't know their story. My story, when I shared about losing my voice has nothing to do with my, what I do as a career until later. Mm-hmm. that comes out later my bio comes later right. after I got my voice back then God said I want you to have a podcast then God said I want you to help people and now that's I'm starting to tell you my bio what I do for a living but the first part of it is my personal story my journey of how I became the person that I had I am today if I had never lost my voice my journey would have been totally different yes there were other things that happened to me you know, throughout my life, but that had the most profound effect on me because it made so many other things happen because I didn't talk. Right, right. You know, there's so many things. So like if you are abused, that's something that significantly happened to you when you were younger Mm -hmm. and it made your journey what it is. It made you think the way you think, how you react and respond to people based on that tragic, you know, incident Mm -hmm. that happened. So when you share, when you get to the point where you've healed, 
because I had to do a lot of healing and forgiveness, then you're able to share that story and people see like a whole different you. And that's why I try to get women in business to share your story because you make so many powerful connections. You are not connected immediately in a meet and greet because I yeah. shared with you some of my story. You share with me some of yours and we were like, oh, this would be great mm -hmm. because we made ourselves vulnerable. And that's what you do. You want people to know a little snippet of you so they can so you're a human if mm -hmm. you are a phd a doctor a physicist and all that stuff immediately people are gonna put you all up there they're yeah. gonna make you so high so you're not touchable to them they're looking up to you but as soon as you bring yourself down and say hey before i was this physicist or before i was this doctor or before i just I was this, that, and the other. That's why celebrities share their stories. You know, they make their memoir, they write their memoirs. So you can see, I haven't been always the best right. basketball player in the world. You know, I came from this, 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 and then people respect you. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't know that about you. Oh, I really respect you because you've been mm -hmm. through some stuff. And people can connect because we can't connect with perfect right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we can connect with the mess. <laughs> yes, because nobody's perfect. And people that profess and try to say that they are perfect, you don't want to, you don't want to do business. You want to stand back. Because they're perpetrating a lie. You done been through some stuff. I'm looking at your face. You've been through something. <laughs> um, your bald head, all your hair done fell out. You've been stressed out at some point. You done been through something. So you sit up here trying to be perfect. That's not the truth. Let me go to the next candidate. Bye. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. That's so funny. You know, and it's funny because I'm thinking about when I started to get my voice back, um, which was about seven years ago. Um, I also didn't know who I was. I, I, you know, I had all these different identities, you know, and, and that was about the time that my son got married and it, you know, it was just a kind of a transition in my life. And, um, one of the sweetest things that my husband said, we were dating at the time is, well, let's discover Lisa. Yes. And that's what we've yes. been doing. I've been finding out so much about myself and things that I, I'm like, wow, I had no idea I liked that. <laughs> I had no idea I was actually good at that, or, you know? Um, and so, you, you know, getting your voice back opens up the world. It is. And it's okay for you to go back and rediscover yourself. You can reinvent yourself. That's sure. one of the things God was saying. He was like, you know, when you help women, you're going to help them to rewrite their story. That is how mm. I was. But this is who I am now because I'm rewriting my story as we are speaking, mm -hmm. you know, because right now sitting before you is somebody who didn't talk. And now she's on a podcast. She has a podcast. She's helping people. That is mm -hmm. a new story. It could yeah. be the same old way that I was still not talking. People were still abusing me, mistreating me and all that. That could be my old story could still be right now. But right. no, I'm writing a new story, a new journey. I'm finding out how, who I am. I'm also finding out that I'm a good person because I will go back and apologize. Yes, I that will, takes a lot. Yeah, and I'm a good person because I will do that. You know, I'm also finding out that I'm not perfect because on their, their days when I have bad days and I don't feel like going back and apologizing, mm -hmm. but you know, by the when I get myself together, even if it's a day or two or three days later, okay, the last time I talked to you, I know I was wrong. I'm sorry. I do. It. But it shows me who I am that I'm, a, I'm a, you know what? You are right. You're not perfect, but you are right. And you are a lot better than you used to be. 
You are a lot better than you used. So yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to go back and look at your life and some just sit down on the floor and pull out your calendar, pull out, not your calendar, I'm sorry, pull out your phone and look at photos, pull out Mm -hmm. your journals and look where you've been and make a plan. Okay, last year I was a hot dang on mess. And here it is at the end of 2023, I'm still a hot dang on mess. Well, in 2020, (laughs) 2024, I am not going to be a hot dang on mess. I'm going to start with this. Start with one thing. I'm going to start with this one thing. And I'm going to say, if it's, you know what? I'm so sick of my husband looking at me, you know, and and saying stuff about me. My hair's getting on my nerves. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to lose weight, but make sure it's for you. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start, you know, doing things. Not because if he's saying anything, but I'm going to start work. That's the one thing you can do for yourself. And if you slip up and you mess up, you tell yourself, I'm human. You know what? I'm going to get back out there and I'm going to start walking. I walk. I love to walk. Mm -hmm. When the weather messes me up, you know, and I have back issues, but I've learned to scratch and I've learned to do that. Now I've missed the week because I've been so busy. I'm not beating myself up because it mm-hmm. wasn't like I was laying on the couch doing anything. And I said, okay, you got to get back out there. You have to start walking again, get back in every time. I just keep on doing it. instead of allowing it to say, you didn't do it for a week. You might as well give up. Nope. I'm or beat yourself up. up. Right. And then, you know, I'm marking it on the calendar. So I can go back on the calendar and look through each month and say, oh my God, girl, you did a lot of walking this year. You didn't walk every day, but you made progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are someone who, I don't know, if you have a boss that's nasty to you all the time and you say, you know what, next year, 2024, I, what I'm not going to do is allow him to keep talking to me a certain way. And so you make a plan and say the next time he come and he throw that pen on my deck on my um um desk, I'm gonna address the issue and make a plan. You know, Mr. Smith, every time it said you use your sense of humor. Every time you come out, you always throwing pens on my desk. Why you always do that? I want you to stop throwing the pen at me. Did I do something wrong? That's my sense of humor and all that. And I'm addressing the issue without being nasty right and making him aware of a behavior that i don't like and i you know what the next time you throw a pin at me i'm gonna pick this pin up and throw it back at you i have skills i can get another job you know and just do something comical i like that you know because you know your boss you'll know if he'll receive it the right way and then you'll notice he won't do it again but you've addressed that and then you can look back and you can say well in 2023, he was throwing pins, but in 2024, he is He's not, not. throwing a pin at me yet. I have grown. It's just baby, baby steps. It I remember is. I had, now I'm, I'm notorious for being sarcastic and I would do it. And one day when I worked in the school, the a vice principal, he used to do something that you, used to get on my last nerve. So I was sitting at my desk and he came in and I'm say, why do you always do that to me? Are you aware you always do that to me? Well, let me tell you, you always do this to me. And I did it in my comical, sarcastic way. And he said, oh, I, I wasn't aware that I did that. He had no idea. Yeah. I said, every time. And I said, what you do is when you're mad at me, you call me this, but when we're good and we best friends, buddy, or pal, you call me that. 
You had and his tell. I yeah, I said, and that's how I can tell. Well, why don't you tell me when you're mad at me instead, instead of being just passive saying, aggressive? Right. Why don't you tell me if you think I've done something to you? I didn't know that I did that, and I'm thinking to myself, yes, you did. <laughs> but I didn't we'll go anything. with it though. <laughs> right. I didn't. And so when he would come in, it became a standing joke. When he would come in and he would say miss v that's when it, we were good but if he said miss elliot that's when he annoyed with me oh wow yeah. and so when he was miss elliot can you do so and so and so all right what i'm what mad at why are you mad at me what what is it what is it because you said miss elliot what what oh no 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 i said go ahead and tell me well you know i i really wish you had a it to me yesterday Oh, well, I didn't know you needed it yesterday because you didn't say I needed need it by the yeah, end of the didn't day. didn't tell me. So I sent it to you this morning thinking it was okay, but you didn't tell me. So you have to be a little bit clear. And we fixed the situation right then because I made him aware that I know that he's mad with me because he says, Miss Elliot. So honestly, he didn't, he wasn't aware that he was calling you two different names. And mm -hmm. it could be true. I mean, I know that people just don't have self-awareness. Like they don't. We're talking about men. Not saying <laughs> all men are bad, bad or anything like that. But it's kind of like one of these things when he's in like, when he was in his uh, vice principal mode, you know, oh. he was that, you know, whatever. But then there's times when we would laugh and joke, you know, we talk about football and all that stuff. That's when I'm Miss V, when we're laughing and joking it and we're being that that type of person even right. if the kids are messing up a student he sent a student to the office or something like that he'll come in miss v did so and so and come in oh yeah he came in and i told him to have a seat blah 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 whatever um but if it's a situation where um he come he can't he would come in the office and didn't see the child he would flip over to vice principal mm. well i'm gonna send so and so into the office miss elliot and where is him He's being annoyed with me because he don't see the child. He don't right. know what happened. So he flipped over. You know what I'm saying? So I learned his behavior yeah. and I brought it to his attention. So, you know, that small thing, addressing your boss and finding a way to help him to treat you the way that you want to, that right there would change your life for that whole year because you'll mm -hmm. look back in 2023. That man was so nasty to me. He always did this, that. And then when you look in 2024, mm, my boss, he don't do that to me anymore. I fixed it. So just taking those one small steps, taking those one small things and making changes, rewriting your story, not allowing it to continue into the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. No, we want to get better each year. We want to get better. We want to look better. Mm -hmm. Everybody work on their looks. They want to look younger. Okay, well, make your attitude younger. You know, <laughs> make the way you treat people better. Right. You know, the way you treat yourself better. You know, work on the inside as well as the outside. You know, and you bring up a really good point in, in your interaction with, you know, your vice principal. And that is, it's all, a lot of it is the delivery of the, how you deliver the message. That's what right? I call seasoning. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I used that term earlier and I like that. And and you and I are so much alike that we can have our really sharp tongues and we can shred somebody and walk away and, you know, we could. Um, but you and I work really hard to make sure that we get the message across, but we're not being mean. 
And I love your kind of sarcasm because I I can be kind of I can be snarky too, and I love that. And 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 you can kind of deliver it that way, you know. But all in the delivery of the message, it's very different. If I said, you know, if I, you know, like like your vice principal comes at you and calls you the different names, you know. Um, but it, it, again, it goes back to the delivery of the message, and I've I've had to learn how to. Um, season my message <laughs> and I've gotten actually pretty good at it yeah but for me what happened is because I was so quiet I paid attention and my hearing I could read people oh, yeah. like you wouldn't believe because the silent people the deadly people they always say that that's because yeah. I pay attention mm-hmm. I sit there I don't say anything but I'm listening to the way you're talking to people I'm looking at how you handle different things. And that came from being quiet for so long because I'm not running my mouth. So I'm paying attention. You're paying attention. I'm listening. And I'm telling you, I am so good at, when I watch murder mysteries, I can usually within the first five minutes, figure out who it is, or I can do it because I pay, I'm, I pay attention and Mm -hmm. I listen, you know, when I'm doing it because I didn't have a voice and I didn't use my mouth. I use my other senses. Right. You know, and that's how I could tell with him, you know, one day I noticed, I said, you know, every time he called me Miss Wee Wee Cool, but every time he go down that Miss Elliot, he's annoyed with me or something had happened, you know, and he's in the vice president, I mean, vice principal mode, you know, and I paid attention to, I do it even with my family and even, you know, with different things, I can look at people and I can see it. I'm like, oh my God, she's still hurting from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a heightened kind of thing. So yeah, but when you lose your voice, you do, your other senses do get heightened to a certain extent, especially if it goes on for so long. Yeah. However, you want to make sure you use it for good and not bad. You know, like I use it, I use my sense of humor with him when I realize it. I could have went at him and cut him up and say, you know mm-hmm. what? If you every time you call Miss Ellie, you come in here, you always yelling at me and fussing at me. I'm so sick of you, whatever. You know, I didn't. I use humor. That is my defense mechanism with something get too tight or whatever. I would go into sarcasm or just humor. And it yeah. works for me. It doesn't work for yeah. everybody, you know, because I'm naturally funny. So I it it works for me. But if right. it doesn't work before for you, you have to find that thing that works for you and you have to use it. It's like a tool. We have to have tools mm-hmm. that we use like me sometimes just walking away. You know what? I can't do this right now. And I have said it. I've literally said it out of my mouth. I can't do this right now. You know what? I'll call you back. Yeah. I need a minute. I, t- I say, I need, I need to go process. I, I, mm-hmm. I need a minute. I need to go process, but you're bringing up a really good point about when it's time to be quiet and observe, because you are so right. The fact that you paid attention, you were observant and you learned a lot about your situation and about the people. Cause we're so busy. I think we have the opposite problem is we want to talk too much and we're not mm-hmm. listening. You know, we've, God gave us two ears and one mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, and that is something that came from my trauma where I want to fill the air all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always wanted to have, I couldn't have quiet because it was actually frightening to have quiet because that means something was going to happen. Yeah. And so I, I had to learn to be okay with being quiet. And now I embrace, you know, like the peace and the quiet. Um, but there is a time and, and, and to be quiet and just watch and listen. Mm-hmm. There is. And you learn so much more and you are absolutely 
right and correct about people. There are people that cannot stand when it's quiet mm -hmm. because I am notorious on the telephone for getting dead air. I will give you dead air in a heartbeat. When someone is going down a road and all that, I don't say a word and they're saying, hello, you're there. Yeah. Oh, are you yes. still there? <laughs> I, yes, I'm here. I'm listening. Mm -hmm. And I will let them talk and talk and talk and talk. Cause I'm okay with not talking. Hey, I did it for a long time. It doesn't bother me not to say anything. Are you finished? And then say whatever I need to say and I'm done with it. You know, so I think it's okay. Sometimes you need to do that. And my, my sister, I have an older sister and she likes to talk. So I let her, I have put the phone on the bed and walked away <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Went in the bedroom, bathroom, brushed my teeth, came back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cause I'm good with that. I'm oh good. She gosh. likes to talk. I'll sit and listen. I don't like to talk. Go for it. And oh she doesn't gosh. even know. And then I'll pick up the phone. Really? Girl, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> you know, she likes to. I don't, she's always been the talker. You know, she's always, she's the one that would get the notes at home. She's the oldest. She would get the notes at home for talking too much. I'm yeah. the complete opposite, not talking at all. You know, mm -hmm. my older brother, he likes to fuss, 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 fuss. He'll talk. And I sit right there and let him just as quiet. So your default is still to be quiet, right? Is it your depends, default? It depends on the situation. Like with my sister, I know that she loves to talk. So I let mm -hmm. her, it makes her happy. You know, I'm good with it, you know, and I listen, you know, even if I put the phone down and go do something else, I'm still listening because mm -hmm. I can come back and repeat whatever she said. You know, I can come back and say it. So I'm not ignoring her. I'm allowing her. My brother, he likes to fuss or whatever. And when he finished, are you done now? <laughs> okay. You finished? all right, well, I'm going to do this and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Boom. Because what I don't want to do is end up having an altercation with him. Right. Right. So it's best to let him do whatever. Cause there was one time he was going and I walked away literally cause I didn't want to hear cause he was just going on and he was pulling up stuff from the past and just fussing and yelling or whatever. And when he, when, when it got silence, cause he stopped talking, mm. I came back to the phone and I said, okay, all right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. That was it. Because it didn't matter what I was going to say. He wanted an argument. Yeah, he, he was wanting to that. argue. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving it to you. Mm -hmm. All right, goodbye. And walked away because I'm not feeding into that negative energy. I'm not giving that to you. So I'm not. So I do use it. I don't use it to, to like before out of fear. Right you know, or, or whatever that, but I use it sometimes as a tool to, to keep the peace for myself. Like I know people and like you said, I learned my siblings because mm -hmm. I didn't talk. I learned like in school, I learned my teachers. I learned my classmates. I learned people just sitting back. And even now, you know, it's just such a part of me. I'll sit and I'll be quiet in the room and I will observe everything. I'll just look around and I'll notice something and I'll give you a quick story I was um we were at a restaurant no we were at the movies it was a new movie that had come out and we were in the theater and we were waiting and I was you know quiet and I'm paying and I'm observing there was one waitress because 
we were at what we call cinema um, draft house here. And it's a movie theater where you can eat food and you yeah. order popcorn, you know, maybe a different name, but it was that type yeah. of theater. There was one woman who was serving our theater. And I'm looking, I'm like, why is, what is going on? All these people in here and they have one person. So the movie didn't start on time and it was going into 20 minutes being late. And nobody wow. addressed the issue. So I said something. And there were some ladies sitting to me to the right. And I finally said something. And I was like, what is going on? So I said to the manager, I said, is there a manager here? I said, no one has addressed the issue that the movie has not started and it's 20 minutes late. You would think that someone would come out here and say something to us. Oh, we're having problems with it. And then I addressed the issue with the, and I said, well, could you explain to me why you have one woman, that lady over there, she's the only one serving in this theater. When I went into the hallway to the bathroom, I saw people with the same shirts on that said crew out there talking and laughing and nobody's helping her. It is ridiculous how you mm -hmm. all are working her. And so he came up with some story or whatever, you know, he said, and I said to him, I said, I think you, you know, if you're short staff, then somebody needs to come from out the office and help her out because it's ridiculous that she's working this hard. Do you know that lady when I, um, I, I think, I don't know. I had to go back out for another reason. When I came, she walked past me so briefly and she said, thank you. And went mm. on about her way because she got help. Mm -hmm. The manager came out and started to take orders. And then another guy showed up to start taking orders. But it was all because I was sitting there and I was just paying attention. And then I stood up for the underdog, mm -hmm. you know, because she wasn't going to say anything. She was afraid she's going to lose her job. Nobody wanted her to lose her job. Right. You know, so I stood up for her. You don't have to say anything. I'll do it for you because yeah. it's not right. And the next thing I know, it was like, end up being four people coming in and they were serving and it was helping her. I don't care about the other theater, but th to have that one girl, no, yeah. wasn't going to happen. But I observe, I sat there and I watch and sometimes it's good. And you can learn a lot by closing that mouth of yours and just watching and listening. Mm -hmm. It can empower you. It can give you some leverage. Yeah. And what, one thing I wanted to bring up too is um, because so often we feel like we have to defend our positions and that's something that I'm learning not to do. If I make a decision, I don't need to defend it per se. I might need to explain it in certain circumstances, but my whole point is you don't have to defend yourself all the time. You know, sometimes no words are enough. It's no words are power. Sometimes mm -hmm. just not saying anything is just as powerful as saying anything. So again, that goes back to what I'm saying is when you, like when I got my voice back and when I got my full voice back, I had to reconcile and say, okay, when you choose not to say anything, why? Are you going back to being afraid that little girl, is that why you're not saying anything? Are you being quiet to gain information? Are you quiet? Are you mm. being quiet, you know, for the other person so they can hear and receive what they're saying? Why you're choosing not to talk? Right. And then that helps you out a lot because again, like I said, the the silent person is still there. The cusser outer is still there. Unfortunately, you know, mm -hmm. they're still there because when you drive, woo, you could just like, and nobody's in the car, you could just go off. But oh yeah, you know. Or the cuss her out or why do you feel like you want to just tear this person up? Why do you want to cuss her out? 
you know, what is it? Why do you feel like you need to use this particular, you know, way to go at this person? And, you know, in that moment of me pausing, I'm trying to figure out why, what did mm -hmm. this person say to make you so mad that you want to cuss them out? Why do you want to give them your power? Don't do it. You know, have an internal dialogue. Don't do it. Don't mm -hmm. say it. You know, excuse yourself, go to the bathroom, deal with whatever and come back. And then, and while you're in there, if you're a Christian, you're like, Lord, please season my words, but I really need to address this because this person, oh no, she needs to be addressed or he needs to be addressed. Help me to season my words so that they will receive what I'm saying. Now, usually when I come back, it's either humor or kind of like sarcasm in a way mm -hmm. that's funny, like the whole time you've been talking about that i'm just thinking why did she just ask me you done went on this tantrum about this thing all you had to do was ask a sister i'm sitting right here all you had to do was just ask a sister that's all you had to do you know you and that deflates all of that stuff they'll start laughing or whatever if you are a humorous person but you know and I do remember doing this because I really wanted to cuss this person out. Oh my gosh, she deserved it. Being 100, the girl deserved <laughs> to be cussed. She needed to be cussed out. And I said, cussed it. I said it on purpose, out. And she was just going in and going on and on and on. I was like, if she don't shut her mouth, I'm telling you, Lord, I'm going to cuss this chick out if she don't stop it. I'm telling you, when she finished, I said, hold on one second. Let me answer the phone. There was nobody on my phone. <laughs> there was nobody. I'm, I'm just lying. I was I was lying. I was like, oh, Lord, let me just send this. Oh, let me send this back to her. And while I was doing that, I was secretly inside praying. Yeah. I was literally inside like, Lord, please help me address her. Please help me not to cuss her out. Please help me to say words mm -hmm. so she can receive it. And when I finished, I put the phone down and I said, now back to what you were saying. I said, you know, you didn't really have to do all of that when it came to me. I don't think I've ever given you a reason for you having to talk to me that way. I have never. I say, every time that I've come to you, I've come to you out of kindness. Every time I come to you, I'm laughing, I'm joking. Yeah, I might be sarcastic, but it's never in a heart harmful way. So I don't know what has made you so angry that you felt like you needed to come and address me that way. So I'm mm -hmm. just letting you know that, you know, I don't like it and please don't do it again. I said, because it took everything that was in me not to go back and cuss you out. Literally, my angel was back there fighting and pulling me back. From pulling and I don't want to, you know, and I'm like, and I don't want to mistreat you. I don't want yeah. to, you know, treat you the way you treat me. So we need to figure out a way that we can communicate together because this would not happen again. And what I, was her response? She was like, you right. I know, I know, but I was just mm -hmm. so mad and I couldn't figure out you know, why you would do something like that. And I said, do you really think that I would do something like that? Mm -hmm. Do you really think, let's think about our relationship. Let's think about our working relationship. Have I ever, well, no, I said, I never said that. I never said that. And I don't know who told you that. And I said, you need to look, go back and check your resources because I've never, ever said that about you ever. And I said, you know me. I would come to you, girl, your head look a hot mess today. What happened to you? You know my personality. You know me. 
you right, you right. But she really did because she came at me and yeah, but I fixed it again. I used my phone. I was like, Lord, I prayed. I like that idea. And she received it. She did. She received Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, it also gave me some information because I sat and I listened to her and I I realized other people were getting in her head. And that person that was getting into her head was somebody who didn't like me, didn't like our relationship at all, didn't like our relationship at all. Because when I would come around, she would stop talking to this person, talk to me, we would laugh, we would joke or whatever. And the other person, I was like, okay. And that's what happens when you pay attention. Yeah. Don't say anything. Even though I was angry, I was listening and taking it all in. And once we finished, I went back and I digest, I went through and I went through the whole, and I was like, that's not even really her. That's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that when I'm around so-and-so or when she's around, that I'm careful what I'm saying because I see her for who she truly is. And it's called observation, just paying attention. Mm-hmm. Don't always have to be the person that talk. You don't always have to be the person that be the center of attention. Sometimes you need to be the fly on the wall and just listen. Yes. Yep. I, I know I had a similar situation at a workplace where this lady came into our department and immediately had it out for me. I didn't realize it at the time. And I was the one that was training her. And I didn't realize at the time that she clearly despised me. And she took her time instead of working and spent time turning the entire Mm -hmm. office against me. And, you know, I watched this thing about, I'm watching this thing evolve and the people that you know, I was, I would, I don't know, friends with that, you know, worked really well with all of a sudden they're not talking to me and they got, and and so I, it took, you know, a little while and I finally figured out what was going on, but I also heard, and I know this came from God, be quiet, Mm -hmm. be quiet and just work. And I'm telling you, I don't remember how long it went on, probably for three to four months that it, and she would escalate it and escalate it and escalate it. And I remember I would spend sometimes my lunch hours in tears, like literally, Mm -hmm. but I would come in every morning. I would say good morning to everybody. Mm -hmm. I was 100% respectful to every single one of them, even though they were turning on me. She went so far as to, she sat right by me to send an email out to everybody that she's going to drive an hour and a half away to pick up lunch bring it back to the office to share with everybody but me. I mean, we're talking it turned into junior high kind of mentality. <laughs> and that that one kind of, that one made me chuckle. I actually thought that one was kind of amusing. Like she was trying everything she could, but I had to keep my mouth shut. And it was hard because the people that I worked well with and that I really liked were turning against me. You know, they had completely turned, the whole office did. And so long story short, uh, she ended up getting herself in so much trouble. She got laid off. Um, and I continued to just be nice to everybody and it took a little time, but they all came back around. Oh yeah. They all came back around, but she was getting, the reason why I was escalating is because you weren't feeding into her behavior because she wanted it. She wanted, that's why you needed to be quiet, but also the people in your office showed you who they really were because if they really knew you, then they wouldn't believe her. It, it it should have been one or two people say, you know, Sally over there saying all this stuff, but I don't find it to be true. I think you cool and still had a relationship with you. And, but again, that tells you people show you who they really are. And you need yep. to pay attention. 
You really yeah, I, yeah. attention. And yeah. I love the fact that you forgave them and you, you know, when they came mm-hmm. back around, you forgave them and whatever. Yep. But I would have also been very cautious around them because yes. they flipped on me one time. So yeah, you showed me your cards and I paid attention. I memorized every card yes. in your hand. So <laughs> yeah, the, the relationships were arm's length mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And, you know, some of them came around and actually apologized. And so they, they were welcome back in a lot more, but you're right. I, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think, but I was very cautious afterwards. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't process that out loud. I, I'm glad that you said that, but it's true. I mean, I, I found out who they truly are and, and, and it was, I'm telling you, it went on and, and it was really stressful because I would go on my lunch hour and have tears or, you know, on the way home. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I even thought about getting another job and I heard, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to push through this, you know? And, and I but did. That's, and that's what I love. Sorry to cut you off, but that's what I love about God because he allows us to go through things. And it, it talks when I remember when they talk about, you know, when the furnace is turned up, yeah. your goal is burning off all that stuff and it's helping you to become the Lisa that I need you to be. Right. So I'm allowed this to happen. You can make it through it. You're strong. You can do it. You can do it. Just don't say anything each day. And God is like, I'm with you. I'm helping you out. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And when you came out of it, you're like, look what happened to her. And I didn't even have to do anything. First of all, God fighting fought my battles for me. Right. He sent her on her merry way. But then he dealt with the other people in the office's heart. And they realized, oh my God, I was listening to the devil or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that was toxic that had something against her. I was wrong. Let me apologize. I'm so sorry or whatever. But God also allowed you to really understand when people show you who they are, pay attention, you know, feed them with a long spoon, you know, because they showed you, I would turn on you in a heartbeat you know, and just treat them accordingly. So I love when I come out of stuff like that, because I've been in situations like that numerous times, but each time I'm like, okay, did I pass this test? Cause I don't want to do this again. I know, you know? right? <laughs> I don't want to do this again, Lord. No. You know, what lesson? And then go back and look at what lessons did I learn from this? I remember it was, I was doing contract work and I didn't understand why, why I was there. But when I look back and I realize, oh my God, the reason why I was there was God was helping me to understand that you need to stand up for yourself. When someone accuses you of doing something wrong, you need to stand your ground and stand up for yourself, no matter who they are. Make Mm -hmm. sure you do it the right way, but you need to stand up for yourself. And there were a couple of instances and I had to stand up for myself. And this was the owner of the business. And Mm -hmm. I, yes, and I stood up to him and God was like, this is who you need to be for where I'm going to take you. You need to be able to stand up for yourself, hold your ground without losing your value or tearing yourself down with negative talk because we do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I went back and I was like, no, I know I did not do it. I went back and investigated and I said, nope, that's not me. God also showed me in this particular instance, and I love this. Ever since God showed me this, I shared it with share this with everyone. Stop picking up other people's problems Amen. and issues and situations. They don't belong to you. You don't need to be carrying them. Or I fixing was sitting them. At, I was sitting at the desk and I realized that is her issue. 
that's her. That's not you. Do not carry that. Do not pick that up. That belongs to her and give her back her issues because she had major issues. And I was starting to pick them up by always trying to defend myself or mm -hmm. make an excuse for her or doing that. I was like, no, 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 no. You got your own issues. Mm -hmm. Give it back to her. And I had to think about it. That's how me and my, my father's relationship got better is because I gave him back his issues. I was carrying his issues for a long mm -hmm. time. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's his life. Those are his choices. Those are his issues. Let him deal with it. When I let those things go, I'm telling you, I was carrying, literally carrying suitcases around I other people's it. baggage and other people's issues. I let them define my decisions and all that. I was like, nope. Not anymore. Not doing Probably anything. lost a hundred pounds dumping yeah. all that stuff and, off your back. <laughs> as it began to drop off, I'm starting to feel freer and lighter mm -hmm. and lighter and lighter. I'm like, oh my God, stop picking up other people's issues. And I don't do it anymore. Listen, ever since I've realized that and it was revealed to me, I'm like, nope, not, not going to happen. I have no. my own issues to deal with. And that is so powerful. Ladies, do not pick up, other, not even your children, your husband. If your child, you know, if you can fix the situation and help them, then do it. But sometimes they have to go through things themselves in order mm -hmm. for them to grow and mature. We want to block them. We want to stop them. We want to save them from all this pain and anger. Well, if you hadn't went through the things you went through, you wouldn't be the person you are today, That's whether right. it was a good or a bad thing. You know, kids, they have to go through that. You can't protect everyone. Sometimes you just got to let them go through it. You know, I have yep. like one of my nephews, you know, he's one of those people you got to show him. You could tell him all you want to, he don't get it, but he got to go through it. He learned by going through Mm -hmm. That's the, his learning. So, you know, cause I used, I had, I used to get in, in the middle of it and try to defend him and all that. I'm mm -hmm. like, nope, auntie, no, I'm not going to be your lawyer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna be yeah. A lawyer anymore. So it's going through the refiner's fire and it's being refined and it's, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's ugly. It's messy. It's, it, it's not, it's painful sometimes, but you come out the other side shining. You really mm -hmm. do. And, and, and beauty comes from ashes. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that's what we want to be. You know, we want to be that diamond. We want to be that 24 karat gold. So yeah, we're going to have to go through some things. Yes, it's painful, but we're resilient. We can do it. Right. You have evidence before you that you've been through some hard times and you've made it through. So you have the evidence that you can do it. And, you know, the idea is to get through that stuff with the least amount of carnage and cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what we're talking about is, you know, is how to do that without creating a lot of damage. And then, and, and the, and the important thing is we're going to, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things, but go and clean up your mess. And my husband and I were talking about that yesterday. I'm like, I I'm getting tired of cleaning up my messes. I don't like it. My ego mm -hmm. does not like it. So I'm trying really hard not to do that because my yeah. ego doesn't like it. That's what I said earlier. You know, you, you'll you get to a point where you're like, I am so sick of apologizing. I am so sick of having to circle back around. Let me just do it right, right now. <laughs> let, me it. let me get, let me have a minute. Think this through, <laughs> react properly so that I'm not having to spend all this time cleaning it up. Absolutely. That's what we got to <laughs> do. I don't feel like cleaning up no more. I've been there, done that enough finish. Oh gosh. That's so funny. This has been a great conversation. And let me ask you this. What is one thing you want to leave our listeners with? Do not 
ever allow anyone to take your voice away. Do not allow your husband, your children, your yourself. boss, your job, yourself. Do not allow that to happen to your voice. Is God gave you a voice, use it. What you have to say is important. So say it, even if you have to season your words or you have to circle back around and come back and address the issue, never, ever lose your voice. And if you've lost your voice, I want you to go ahead and put some steps in order to get your voice back. Go back, address those people, you know, go back and forgive those people, but let them know you will no longer allow them to mistreat you or treat you the way they've been treating that you don't like. Do not lose your voice. And one thing I like that you said earlier too, and I'm going to bring it up again is why did you lose your voice? Why are you, why in that situation, uh -huh. are you not feeling like you can say what it is you need to say? Spend some time mm -hmm. finding out why. Be curious. Don't be judgmental with yourself. Be curious. Mm -hmm. Why? What? Wait, when I, I wanted to say that, but I didn't. Why? Why did mm -hmm. I do that? And that's, that's a great journaling right there. Yeah. You could journal with that alone. Yeah. Right. Cause mine was out of fear and, and to protect mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. you know, that's exactly what it was. You know, and it caused me to have a lot of fear, right. you know, fear of what people are going to say, how they're going to mistreat me. So, yeah, going back and do a self-evaluating. And, you know, it's it's painful when we go back and and dig up those things. But yeah. it's also good when we go back, we pull it up, we deal with it, we get it over. It's like a weight lifted. You feel so much better you because what you're doing like me, you're carrying all this stuff. You're lugging around like carry on luggage, you're rolling around suitcases, you're literally carrying all this stuff around mm -hmm. all your life and you're heavy and you look a hot dang on mess. Get rid of that mess, you know, mm -hmm. start taking care of yourself and smile on the inside and the outside. Do the work so you can get to the point where people look at you, oh my God, you look so different. What right. are you doing? You look so beautiful. You have this glow. That's because I got rid of those suitcases, those carry-ons. I got rid of that baggage and now I'm free and I'm loving me. Oh, amen to that. That's a good note to end on for <laughs> sure. So, so with that said, um, why don't you share with the audience how they can reach out to you if they wanted to listen to your podcast or just wanted to talk to you. So you can go to Miss Fee the Storyteller podcast. It's YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. If you want to look at episodes that I've done, you can also visit my website because I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you're someone who really wants to find their story and know how to use it in your business, I have one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also have online classes that I do. I try to do an online class every month, but on my website, it shows you, you know, when the, the class is going to be. So it's MissVitaStoryteller.co. That's C-O. Just go there. You know, you can email me, my email, just email me through the website and I will get back with you. So, you know, let's get these stories out here, ladies. Let's help other people heal. Let's find our stories, share our story and let's get some women healed. Let's help some yeah. other people out. Yeah. Let's go out of business. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I want to go out of business, you know, find something else to do, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, I love, you know, contact Miss V if you want to figure out what your story is. I love that, that you help women find their story. And that, oh my gosh, 
It's so powerful. Once you know it and you understand it, it it helps you to understand why you're the person you are today. And it also helps you to understand where you come from. I mean, I'm literally looking at myself and listening to myself. Oh my God, you didn't talk and you have not shut your mouth yet. Ever since you got your voice back. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And I'm sure it helps you in the direction you want to go, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's all good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been really, really good. I knew we were going to have a great conversation. I was excited about this podcast because th- having your voice is just critical. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I enjoy having it. I love helping people and empowering people and helping people to get their voice back. I am so passionate about it because I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. And I don't want anybody to ever feel like I did. I mean, you know, this is at the end, but there was a time when I wanted to take my life. I felt so bad. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that there are women out of there, but we've lost our voices and our value and who we are. And you want to end it all because you're like, I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, you can make it through because I did. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you.